Welcome to And With Your Spirit, a homily podcast that takes preaching out of the sanctuary and moves it into your daily life. Let us make ourselves open to the voice of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed. The Christian life is often about, well, maybe it's boiled down to what we pay attention to. In this gospel reading tonight from Luke chapter 24, we hear the story of two disciples. One of them is named Clopas. The other, we're not sure. I'm guessing it's probably his wife. She was at the events that happened in Jerusalem. And typically a man, a Jewish man, is not going to get too far from his wife before she catches up and makes sure she knows what's going on. Maybe even directing him too. But the the fact that there's two disciples and one of them we know and the other we don't, maybe makes space for you or I to be on that journey. They're walking away from Jerusalem to a town called Emmaus. I'm not even sure that we know today where Emmaus really is geographically, but they've got some thoughts if you go to the Holy Land and some gift shops to try to make some money off of you too. Anyways, as they're walking away, it's clear that on the way, they must be discussing the things that they have just seen. And yet, they're probably not discussing them with very great hope. After all, if, if you had gone somewhere to a giant festival where something miraculous had happened, you might stay there for a while. These two, they're going home. Show's over, folks. Not what we thought. No encore. I'm out. As they're on their way, Jesus himself appears to them. And yet, as the scripture says, their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. As I read that, I thought, why? Why would God not want them? Why would Jesus not want them to recognize him? Why not let let them see his full splendor? Why not let him be seen by two people who are downcast? I mean, it even says that in the the reading from chapter 24 in Luke, that their eyes, they were looking downcast. They were disappointed. And as this stranger visits these two disciples, they tell him, do you not know what happened? How they they took our Lord, we thought he was the one, that he was the king, and they crucified him. And then our friends, the women, they went to the tomb this morning and he's not there. You don't know this? They're clearly down, or as St. Ignatius of Loyola would say, they are in desolation, the opposite of consolation. There's nothing consoling about what's going on for them. It's all despair. Um, depressing, desolation. Well, a few moments later, they sit down with this stranger whom their eyes cannot see. They sit down and the Lord, the stranger, takes bread and breaks it. And when he hands it to them and they receive it, all of a sudden, their eyes are opened, we read, and he vanishes from their sight. This past week, a few days ago, as I was having supper with uh, some of the men who live at the House of Discernment, one of them, kind of out of the blue, said, do you guys think it's possible to know the name of your guardian angel? It's a good question, right? I said, I don't know. What do you, why do you ask? And he said that a while ago, he had heard that if you ask for the name of your guardian angel to be revealed, that sometimes it would happen. And you could find out the name of the angel that's watching over you your whole life. And you can use that angel's name whenever you want protection or whatever it is, right? And so he said, well, I tried it. 
So one night before he went to bed, he prayed this prayer that, uh, that would help him reveal the name of his guardian angel if the Lord wanted to reveal it, and he went to sleep. For the next few days, he was waiting for an answer. Nothing happened. A while after, when he was not even thinking about this question anymore about this guardian angel, he was sitting in his home and he heard a trash can outside and the garage get knocked over. He knew his dog was in the backyard, not in the garage. And so he grabbed, I think he said he grabbed a baseball bat just in case. And he said a prayer to his guardian angel, the guardian angel prayer, as he walked out into the garage to see who was making a ruckus. When he got out there, he found no one, nothing besides a knocked over trash can. And in that moment, he realized he was looking at something on the internet by a guy named uh, Dom Patrick, or whatever the last name was, was, Dom was the first, short for Dominic. And in that moment, just like in a movie scene where a soldier at battle realizes that he's not kissed his, his bride-to-be goodbye, right? Going off to war, and the camera pans through the crowd like a dart, zooms in on his face and his eyes open, you know, like an aha moment. Or just like when you're in a movie where a kid's in a high school classroom and they realize that there's something internally they need to fix, and the camera runs down the hallway and gets in, it's backlit in the classroom, and everyone's hard at work, and you hear that whoop noise, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? And they zoom in on the person's face, just like that in a moment, this, this tunnel vision happened and he had a number of things all line up in his mind, in his heart, in his spirit. He remembered that the, the priests at the school that he went to were Dominican priests and had never thought about it before. He remembered a moment on a retreat where someone asked a question and no one knew the answer. And all of a sudden he remembered the answer was Dominic and he said it. And he remembered thing after thing with the word dominant coming back. And as that happened, he realized that he had not yet found the name of his guardian angel. And so he thought, huh, I wonder. He asked us at the table that night at supper. He said, is that like legitimate or not? <laughs> we priests don't have the answers to all that stuff. We can take a stab at things, but we really don't know. And one of the other guys at the table and I both asked the same kinds of questions. Well, and the, the guy who was sitting beside him asked him this first. He said, well, did knowing that name of that angel, did it move you to a greater life of charity, of love? That's a great question. I said, well, does it jive with what we know is true from scripture or tradition? Good question. Because in the end, whether he finds out that his guardian angel's name is Dominic or not, if it, if it doesn't do to your soul that which Jesus longs to give you already, does it matter? These disciples in the gospel today from chapter 24 of Luke's gospel, I keep repeating it. Go read it. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful story. They're, they're sitting down and their eyes are prevented from recognizing the Lord. Why would the Lord not want them to recognize him? He rose from the dead. That would certainly lift their spirit. Bring them consolation, not desolation. It would, it would lift their chins up from the road they had been staring at. It would maybe even turn their minds or at least their spirits back to Jerusalem where the beautiful things had just happened so they could take them home with them and spread the gospel. But why would he not give them that, that, that grace? Perhaps it's so that they're not dependent upon their eyes. As they sit down, Jesus takes bread 
and blesses and breaks it and shares it with them. He offers them communion, community, and communion, Eucharist. And in that moment, as something enters into their internal personhood, the outside now gets it. And Jesus can vanish because he's already present within. And then the two look at each other, and here's the kicker line. Were not our hearts already burning within us? I think that right now is a good time for all of us to be more aware of the internal movements of our spirit when we're just feeling down after a day or a couple of days or when we're just feeling lifted for some moment or several moments in a row. Are we paying attention? Are are the scales falling? Are we recognizing the life of Christ in us, alive in us, animating us? Because if we can do that, if we can do that, we've got communion something for which everyone is longing right now. If we can pay attention to the internal promptings, then our eyes don't need to be used to see Jesus in the flesh. Because in fact, he's dwelling in flesh already.